Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. <laughs> In 400 meters. In 100 meters. You have reached your destination. Hello, today I have the privilege of having a conversation with Louise House, founder, alongside her husband, of The Learning House. Many of you will know The Learning House as one of the foremost Canadian suppliers of educational resources for homeschoolers. In fact, I ordered a lot of our books and curriculum from The Learning House during my homeschooling years. Congratulations on the 25th anniversary of your company, Louise. That's quite a milestone. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, and um, yeah, it is just God's goodness that has brought us 25 years with The Learning House, and I'm looking forward to chatting. And Louise, you also write a homeschooling blog called From House to Home, which is linked to your Learning House website. So Louise, what can you add to that introduction? Tell us about your family and your homeschooling journey. Well, Harold and I have four children. And Josh is our oldest and is married to Jess, and they live here in Godrich. Josh is a luthier, and he is living proof that one of your children may grow up and do something that you have no idea what it is. And a luthier is a guitar builder, and he has his own company uh, called houseguitars.com and also operates Canadian Luthier Supply. Our daughter, Rebecca, uh, is married to Levi, and they have three children. Our daughter, Rebecca, married Levi, whom she met at a homeschool event when she was four. Our next son, Andrew, and his wife, Julianne, live in Goderich and have two little boys. And we're just really excited to have them here. And Andrew has made a career change and is selling real estate. Our youngest, Dan, is a cop in London and is married and has one child. Now, when I think back on starting our homeschool journey, I was the daughter of two public school teachers, so the chances of my homeschooling were pretty remote. We had some friends at church that had begun to homeschool, and frankly, I just thought it was weird. I remember having tea with a really, really good friend of mine, and we were sitting in the backyard and just chatting about our children and this really strange phenomenon that was sweeping through our church, homeschooling. And I specifically remember looking at her and saying, I would never subject my children to that. So fast forward, when our oldest went to school, it didn't go well. We had problems right from the beginning. In the first year at kindergarten, uh, they wanted to show inappropriate videos to our children. And that was just the beginning of the flags. We moved and in grade one, our oldest son actually had some difficulties reading. And 
we couldn't seem to come to an agreement with the school how this should be handled. They simply wanted to let it play out. My mom was, was a reading specialist, and she said we had a problem, so I wasn't really content to just wait. I knew enough people at that point that were homeschooling that I figured we would just bring Josh home and teach him to read. And I have to admit, if I look back on that, that I was pretty arrogant. I thought that would be really, really easy, and it turned out to be a whole lot harder than I ever, ever could have imagined. So when we began homeschooling, there were no lofty spiritual goals. It was simply just to teach one little boy how to read. So I love that story that your parents were public school educators, and so you never thought you would homeschool. I actually was homeschooled, and I never planned to homeschool. I planned to be a public school educator. So it's funny the journey that we go on. When I look back on it, too, I think that God knew that he wanted us to homeschool, but we came into this kicking and screaming. And so he had to orchestrate some circumstances in our lives that would lead us down the path that he had for us. And I am so thankful, looking back, that we took that leap, but it wasn't one that I ever would have imagined at the beginning. And not only did you homeschool your children, but you've actually had a ministry to homeschoolers for at least 25 years. So you started The Learning House in 1994. What made you decide to start your company? Well, we do go back a long ways in homeschooling, and I don't consider myself as part of the pioneering phase of homeschooling in Canada. That was before us. But when we came along, there weren't very many places to buy curriculum. And when I think back, I think we had a choice of three different products, possibly for math, and none of them seemed to work with our struggling learners. And so we started doing some looking and we tried to find programs that might work for us. And so we found a math program, and I thought that it might be kind of fun to sell it. And so I called the, the lady who owned the company, and she said no. So that was really the death of a vision. That was in 1992. And for the next two years, I just told people about her product and shared it, and then after a while, I just had this feeling that I should give her a call and ask her if she would like us to sell her product. Uh, she said yes. And so the Learning House was born. The really amazing thing was that we had absolutely no money to start a business. And I had only talked with this lady over the phone, but she sent us $3,000 worth of product that we could pay for as we sold it. So it was just an amazing uh, journey, and I look back again and just see the hand of God working in that. And that's how the, the Learning House started. That's amazing. I don't want to date us, Louise, but um, the internet wasn't really much of a thing in 1992, right? No. Like, I believe it sort of went full online in 1993. So all of the resources that we now have were not available so it would have been difficult even to find a catalog or the name of a company that was selling curriculum at that time. My mom was a pioneer and we had to use cast off textbooks from the public school because there were no curriculum fairs, no internet. We didn't know what to do and anything we could find was probably super American as well. So times have definitely changed. 
So when you were starting the learning house, how old were your children at that time? Our children would have ranged in age from 10 to 2. So we had four, so 10, 8, 5, and 2. Thanks. So how did you find it homeschooling and starting and running a business? How did you make it all work? Well, homeschooling and starting a business was just fine at the beginning. It was a whole lot of fun. It was something that I'd always thought that I might like to do. But then the business began to grow. So we started out small and the first few years were a breeze. But as we began to grow, and even though Harold was really supportive, it got harder and harder. Often I was away on weekends and Harold was home with the kids because we were doing events. Then the phone started to ring and interruptions were pretty well constant. And it was at that time we really had to give some thought to, you know, what is the place of the business in our lives and what is our priority? And our priority was to homeschool and train up our children. And so we made the decision very, very early on that we actually hired staff. So we had someone who actually came into our home because that's where we were working from, and she answered the phone and processed orders, and I still carried on teaching our children. And that was how it worked for a really, really long time. It meant that for a lot of years, we did not take a lot of income from the business, and we were blessed because we didn't need to, but it kept growing, and it was there when I had more time to spend on it. So I think businesses do come to that point where you have to hire staff or get help or scale it back, which I've had to do many times, or um, yeah, you have to go all in or all out because your priorities are your priorities. The reason you're homeschooling is because your children are your priorities. So um, it's a journey I think that we've all had to address at some time or another. Now, I noticed you describe yourself as being a botanist by trade. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Well, I've always loved the out of doors. And so when I went to university, I ended up in a program called plant protection, which is actually um, an environmental major. And it really was an applied botany. How I got there and ended up there is a bit of a long story. But I've loved the out of doors forever. And I spent my summers growing up in provincial parks and national parks. And my dream job was always to think that I might be able to work in a park when I grew up. And so as it turned out, uh, over my time at university, I worked for both provincial parks and national parks on their nature staff. And then when I graduated, I was able to work with conservation authorities and do outdoor ed. So I actually started and developed an outdoor education program for a, a conservation authority where I was living at the time. So did you take some of this knowledge of botany and implement it in your homeschool? Did your kids get to really learn a, a lot about botany? I don't know how much about botany my kids learned, but I'm also a birder. And so, yes, this was really, we had our list of birds that we saw in our schoolroom. And if school wasn't going well, we could always do a nature walk and do nature study because that was something that we all loved to do. And count it for credit, right? My kids got dragged to way too many pioneer villages and uh, museums because of my love of history. So I know my mom and I have talked about this. When she was homeschooling, she was super great at doing science with the kids. I wasn't super great at doing science. And of course, I felt guilty about that. But she reminded me that 
you know, she wasn't great at doing history, but I am. So we all have our areas that are our strengths and that's okay. And we can share those with our kids. Let's go back to talking about the learning house. So you started with two lines of curriculum and now you have over 50 suppliers and countless resources to offer homeschoolers. How do you decide what to add to your list of products? What do you look or I'd imagine listen for as you make those selections? Well, Rowan, actually, uh, we do have about 50 suppliers, but we have about 150 different publishers on our system. And choosing new material is just something that I think is really fun. New products come to us in so many different ways. Sometimes it's simply a customer giving us a call and saying, you guys really should look at this or you should really sell this. I'd like to buy it from you and I want to tell my friends where they can get it. I watch Facebook. Facebook groups and other social media just to see what people are looking for and what is new and what's coming out. We work really, really hard to try and cover all subject areas for all ages. And so if we look over things and think that there might be a hole in our what we have to offer, then we go and try and, and fill the hole. In recent years, some of our best new products have come from U.S. suppliers actually calling us and asking if we would represent them in Canada. Basically, I'm a curriculum junkie, and I just love exploring new products any way I can. That does sound like fun. So talking about all of these different resources that are now available, curriculum overwhelm, that's a real thing, especially for new homeschoolers. What advice would you give someone starting out with all the choices that are in front of them? I think that all of the choices are overwhelming, and people just kind of feel like the deer in the headlights when they look at it and it's almost immobilizing at times. And so if you're just starting out and you're feeling really overwhelmed, I have a few things that I would I would consider. One is just keep it really simple when you're starting. Math and language arts are your core. Figure that out first. Don't worry about history or music or art, which are all fun and all good things to do but figure out math and language arts. They're the cornerstone. As much as I do love to sell curriculum, beware of big packages. Often you get way more than you've bargained for. So look carefully before you make your decision. We as homeschoolers love to share our passion. We love to share the things that work in our family, but just because it works for your best friend does not mean that it's going to work for you. And so you really have to think about what people are suggesting to you in terms of, will it work in my family? Take your time, do your homework. Uh, homeschoolers absolutely detest paying shipping. And so they like to come to a conference where they can order and they get a free ship. But if you're not ready and you don't know what you need, paying a little bit of shipping to give yourself a big amount of peace of mind is certainly worth the investment. Once you've made your decision, stay the course. With social media and all of the noise and input around us now, I see people constantly second-guessing themselves. And this just creates pressure and anxiety. And maybe you just need to sit with something for a little while and work with it instead of feeling like you need to move on to the new best curriculum. There is no best. There's just lots of really great products that work better for some people than others. If it's not broken, don't fix it. So if you've got something that's working, there's no need to feel like you have to change something. 
I could go on and on. Don't be afraid to call a book supplier like myself and ask for help. Most of us have been around homeschooling a really long time and we would just love to help you. And last but certainly not least, if you are a praying person, ask God for guidance. He really does care about what you're gonna teach your children and he will give you direction if you will wait on him. I agree 100% with all of that advice. And if you're listening and you are a beginner, you can go to canadahomeschools.com slash beginners. I have a few podcast episodes, especially for you. One of them is on how to navigate your first curriculum fair. Um, Another one is just basics on how to get started and how not to fall for that uh, fear of missing out or FOMO that, you know, you can have when there are so many options out there and your friends are so enthusiastic about their things. I've heard recently about something called JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. And that's the peace that comes when you are not running around after all kinds of stuff and you're just settled in what you're doing And as Louise said, staying the course and doing what works for your family and you don't have to compare your homeschool to someone else's. So check out those resources, canadahomeschools.com slash beginners. I know, Louise, this is a difficult question. Since you know more about curriculum than most Canadians do, what are some of your favorite products that you've encountered over the years? Well, so much curriculum and so little time. And over the years, there have been just many, many great products. But I think that right now, one of the challenges is that new stuff is coming on the market at an exponential rate. And so this just gets back to our curriculum overwhelm. So some of my current favorites would be all about reading and all about spelling, which are hands-on programs for teaching spelling and reading. For writing, I love essentials in writing, simple, to the point, uses a video, Writing is a place where a lot of homeschool moms have a hard time teaching that skill. So having someone that can do it with a video is great. Uh, One that not too many people may have heard of but is a real world history favorite with me is from Adam to Us from Knotgrass. Love their program. It is just a two-year program to do world history between grade five and grade eight. And I like it because I feel like it's so doable. And I, I just know so many people get lost in a four-year program, but something that is done over two years, actually, you might get through. Uh, science in the Beginning from Jay Weil. I love Science in the Beginning. It's just a really sweet elementary science that covers many, many different aspects of science, and so you're not stuck doing one thing for a really long time. I love Apologia Science, especially for high school. I think it's amazing. Uh, For those of you that were looking for distance or online learning options, BJU, Bob Jones University Press, top-notch online programming. And really, uh, even if you were just using the books, it's great academically, uh, very, very strong, biblically-based, great content, but it's not for the faint of heart. Math-wise, Singapore Math and Saxon for our strong math learners, Right Start and Matthew C for our hands-on learners. And then Masterbooks is a company that in about the last three years has just inundated the market with new products. 
And they have a lot of things that have a Charlotte Mason feel, which a lot of people are finding that they really, really like. So you might want to check out Math Lessons for a Living Education or Language Lessons for a Living Education. And then, of course, they have many, many good science options. I could go on and on, but I will stop there. Thanks so much. So we do shameless plugs here on Canada Homeschool. So I will be putting a link to the Learning House website in the show notes from this episode. So you'll be able to check out all of those things. And the nice thing about a podcast is you can always rewind and jot down the things that have been mentioned in case you forget. So for 25 years, Louise, you have been a resource for homeschoolers and have had many, many conversations with people at conventions and by phone from all across Canada. What would you say are the top two concerns or things that homeschoolers ask or share with you? And then what do you say to them? Well, I think at Two of the top, well, the first top concern would be, am I doing enough? And that's a really big question to ask, and it's not always an easy question to answer. I think it's really hard to have perspective, because if you're new to this, especially, you're not quite sure what enough is or what enough looks like. And you don't have any other comparison other than your own family. And so often when I talk to people, I simply ask them what they're doing and they tell me and then we can go through it together. Usually people are doing enough, if not more than enough, but that's not always the case. Uh, The one place where I see that people are really, really struggling is the area of language arts. Just reading good books is not language arts. Language arts should include some writing and grammar, some spelling, and some lit or some good reading. How you want to address those is different, but those elements should show up with some regularity. And so usually I just try and walk people through what they're doing and then help them think critically about it, and then we can go from there. The second question that I usually have is, what do I do with my struggling learner? And many, many people are homeschooling children with special needs or who have learning disabilities, and this is a huge task. And we have always had a special place in our heart for them because we had children that struggled as well. And so I encourage people to be willing to have others come alongside and help them. We cannot fix every issue in our home, but our home can be an amazing hub And so what I would do with someone like that is simply try and help them figure out to make what's going on in their home work and then to direct them to the places that they would need to go for the other things that they might need. Thanks for that. And so we're going to be having our next episode. I'm going to be talking with Louise a little bit more specifically about special learning needs. So make sure that you uh, check in with our next episode as well, where we will go into more detail about that. Louise, now I'm going to ask you a series of quick questions that we usually call the home stretch, but for you, we're going to call it the house stretch. What has been your worst homeschool moment? And it may be a generalization because after so many years of homeschooling, sometimes it's hard to remember one moment. So you can be general if you need to. When I heard that you were going to ask me what my worst moment was, I wasn't quite sure what to say. In fact, I was having lunch with a friend yesterday and I said, so what was our worst homeschool moment? Because we did this together. And we thought, you know, there were some really great days and there were some really hard days. I think some of the hard days 
are when our children are having friction with each other. And I've been reading a little bit about this on some of the homeschool blogs. And I think that that's a real challenge. I don't think there's a really easy answer. So I think that that would have been sort of our biggest challenge. Thank you. And I asked that question because I just want to be so authentic here on the podcast. And we can all talk about our fabulous projects on our fabulous days. But let's be real, we have good days and we have bad days. So it's helpful to talk about it. And it may encourage someone else listening if they're having a day that's similar. But that being said, what has been your best homeschooling moment? Well, that was really, really fun to think about. What was our best homeschooling moment? I used to think about, and I still do when I think about homeschooling, I used to think in terms of golden moments. And I think some of my favorite moments were when we were actually working together and everyone was getting along and we were doing a group project. And I treasure those times. But even better is the one-on-one time that I got to spend with our children. And as a Christian parent, It was just an amazing opportunity to be able to speak truth into our children's lives. And so those golden moments, I'll never forget when one night our 16-year-old son at the time plopped down on the couch beside me and he said, Mom, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And I was just blown away because he wanted my opinion and he cared about what I thought. And I was so thankful for all those years that we had had to build a relationship. And so I think those are the things that I would treasure the most. I really like that expression, golden moments, and I may use it with your permission in future. If you could go back and do things differently, what would you change in your homeschool? Well, it's really easy to think that we might change a lot of things in our homeschool, but I think I would probably be a little less rigid I'm pretty structured, but I wouldn't be too unstructured because we needed that. I would laugh more and look at the joyful moments and hold on to them. Uh, We spent a lot of time in our latter years of homeschooling. We spent a lot of time in the Word of God. I would have started that sooner. And I would have given myself and my children a whole lot more grace. I can definitely relate to all of that. Here's a question that I've added recently to our house stretch. What did your homeschool look like in the summer? Well, summer was summer and we never did the school all year round thing. Uh, I think it must be great for people that can make it work, but we were very, very involved in our community and our children had lots of friends that lived on our street who were all available to play with all summer long. So during summer, We did things like play with the neighbor kids, go to the beach, and the summertime things. And for me, my summer was very, very busy with the learning house. So those were the things that we did in our summer. Thank you. Canadian summers are so short, too, so we have to make the most of them, I think. You've touched on this a little bit in an earlier question, but what advice would you give someone just starting homeschooling? Uh, Just starting homeschooling, I would say take it slow relax and do your homework. Talk to others and don't be afraid to ask for help. Thank you. And if you could leave listeners with a word of encouragement beyond what you've already said, what would you say? I would just say that homeschooling to me is a grand adventure. And while curriculum is so important, it's about relationships like we talked about earlier. Homeschooling is about so much more than books. 
And on the days when it's overwhelming, and there will be overwhelming days, guaranteed, probably after the first day it gets overwhelming, but I have a scripture that I would just like to share with you, and it's Jeremiah 33, 3. This would be my life verse. Uh, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. And I truly believe that God wants to step in and show us great and mighty things through our homeschool. All we have to do is ask. And that puts me in mind of James as well, that if we lack wisdom, we can ask him for it and he will give it to us generously and, and not be upset that we ask because he wants to. Just like when your son asked you for wisdom for something that he was planning, that's the heart of a parent for a child and God has that same heart for us. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com. Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!